Welcome to the Mucked Up My Self Care podcast. I'm Jill from New York. And I'm Linda from Tasmania. We are two moms from opposite sides of the world who are living, demonstrating, and helping moms across the world fill their self-care asset bank. Ready to dive in? Messy, interrupted, imperfect, and most of all mucked up. Let's get going. Let's do this, she says. Let's do this. <laughs> Good morning. Good evening. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever time of the day it is for you. I know. It's Thursday for you, Friday for me. It's all those end of week feels. Yep, for mm. sure. It's been a huge week. Yeah. What week isn't huge, though, seriously? No. <laughs> uh, should we start from highs and lows? I think so. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. Linda, would you tell us your... Makai hmm. Maklo today. Muck, muck, makai, so Makai, I woke early this morning and actually managed to get an hour and a half without other little people making their way around the house. <laughs> so that was that was really, really nice because I've started editing the chapters for the next book. Being that I have one in my hand, I'm going to have another one in my hand shortly after I have the momentum helping me along and I'm happy to ride that wave because, yeah, it's really important to me right now um, as well. Um, and Mucklow, oh, definitely recognise I need a bit more sleep and the after effects of that. Also lost my voice this week for couple of days which was interesting in parenting <laughs> I'm so glad my older two can read because I was scribbling notes on pieces of paper <laughs> and they're like mom I can't read your handwriting <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does that say and yeah that sort of thing so that was that was interesting <laughs> very hard with the toddler who didn't really understand but also at the same time didn't probably notice as much as the other two, interestingly. So it was, yeah, not something I think you should do voluntarily, but it was an interesting exercise all the same. <laughs> oh, dear. What about you? Hi, hello. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out what my low is. Um. I think my low is that I ended up being more melty after an event than I thought I would be. And not necessarily like right after more, like how long after it lasted. Yeah. Unpredictable. And that was that was interesting because I didn't recognize it until like I watched some I watched a, a show like hallmark movie kind of make you want to cry feel good kind of yes 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 (laughs) (laughs) crying because of whatever happened in it and afterwards I'm like I am so drained like beyond imagine like I actually had a cry for a purpose because I needed to cry but I didn't and I Mm. felt like I did Mm. like wow I must have been way more melty than I thought (laughs) (laughs) four days later now crying after watching a movie <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Um, mm. that was just a little bit of a low for the week 
And then I think my high is reading, selfishly enough, because it's what I had to read first, was my chapter in your book. And it was just so beautiful. And I loved it. And it was just so refreshing to read and such a fantastic writing experience. Mm. Like, absolutely beautiful, Linda. Congratulations on the book. I'm so excited. I can't wait to read the rest of it now. But like, I'm going to be so and skip to the middle and read my chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I expected that a lot of people might do the same thing. And it's interesting because when we had that conversation, that was, gosh, coming up to almost a year ago now and definitely probably didn't have the friendship that we have now from that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we had the same conversation and I read another wrote another chapter, if it would be similar or how, like I'd probably feel even more, I'd be like you, I'd be bawling writing this and some of those chapters I I felt like I especially the one with the kids so in in the back of the book I actually wrote a letter to each of the kids and for that I know that I definitely had tears and I was like oh my gosh where did that come from oh my gosh and then they've got little pictures of them as babies and them with them when they are now and so much of their personalities was in there and what I desire for them and what I know about them and yeah it's it's a really special moment I think yeah (laughs) yeah so and I've got so many friendships from so many of those conversations that I hold very near and dear now. And while they not, might not be the in-person friendships that we are told society needs us to have, these people that we can knock on the door and while that's got its own benefits, I absolutely love my online friendships now. Oh, yeah. I'd have to say some of them might be even closer than people who are in person. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a very hard concept. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really hard concept for more of maybe the masculine type energy to accept <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> like how, how can you, you've never actually met these people. These people are just through the screen. They don't see the other aspects of your life or outside the four walls of this room a lot of the time. So but in in many ways, people do not have the privilege to know every single part of me. Even even my closest friends. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. close friends who probably never even stepped foot inside my house. Yep. Yeah. So they've never seen my home life, but they've mm-hmm. seen me out by them where I'm not hiding my home life, just never had the opportunity to come here. So yeah, you're yeah. my home and halfway across the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just I, I just think we're we're led to this idea that friends in person have hold some sort of higher value or something. Is it is it really just me who thinks that that's placed on us, or is it still a thing? Should it be a thing? I thought that should have been. I feel that over the years it's it's been a little bit more acceptable lately but you know starting out with we'll bring it in there but online dating's been around for years 
and not even online dating, just online chat rooms mm-hmm. where people do make friends yeah. virtually, never actually get to meet until years down the road. It, it's been That's scary, but it's That's... always been looked down on way back, I feel like. And until more recently, has it been, you know, where we're actually seeing people we would have seen in person virtually. So that changed mm. in society's outlook on what being friendly on online is like yeah I I suppose there's a fine line there though of being friendly online and then letting people in completely like I I think about the online world for the kids as they are approaching 11 12 13 and things like tinder and online dating apps and it scares me quite a bit and (laughs) there's a lot of influence the first um, time I met some of the people in our community, I was questioning whether or not I was being catfished this whole time, like somehow hanging out with you all, just yeah. virtually. Yeah. Somehow you guys were catfishing <laughs> me. And when I met them in person, you wouldn't be who you were. I don't know how that's. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you might. <laughs> it's like, do they actually have a, a lower half of their body? Do they have legs and feet? And what shoes do they wear? I've got no idea what shoes you wear. Like, what size are your feet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it's, I, I on the dynamic then, Linda, because you were saying, like, is there a difference in having in-person versus like, what, is it really more important to have an in-person friend versus a virtual friend? And I wonder if it's because of the experiences that you can have with either. <clears throat> we'll yeah. Have, yeah. Like this podcasting or in our community where we get to get together and have conversations via messages. Hmm. But my in-person friends, I get to go out and go public places with them and have experiences. So does that, yeah come into like how that affects relationships but then also like is this we've talked about this being our self-care so yes I'm including you into yeah. my care but do I include them yeah. my in-person friends in my self-care or you know like, mm. what do those aspects look like with where our friends are yeah and if we're talking about relationships there's the and the typical systemic type structure that we are led to believe relationships are right marriage um to monogamous parents who raise children and there is a there is friendships that are the you know the onset of that and if we look at relationships uh, as a vague overview there is a physical aspect of that I love to hug my in-life friends I love to, like you said, go places together and see things and do things physically, maybe jumping in a car all together or, um, you know, going to church together or, you know, all of those things that we do in person, which we can't necessarily then do online. So there is a physical aspect missing, which I think is inbuilt into us as something that we desire as young children, as babies. When babies are born, they are dependent on their parents you know if if they were born solo they are one entity and they would not survive if they did not have a parent to be dependent on and something that I've been thinking about and hearing 
and having some conversations around is this idea of dependence becoming independent and you you know you the system that we live in it encourages independence from a very early age yeah and one thing that I know and believe to my bones is that dependence is bred from interdependence if you do not have if you do not have an attachment and a security with and a bond with your your primary caregiver in the first place the dependence is then forced upon you and therefore ineffective both short-term, long-term and creates an external validation, mm-hmm. which means you're not driven internally. Yeah. And so the idea of self-soothing and self-regulating and self-self-self, it's never entirely yourself that does that. Even as adults, if we are not relying on another human as much as we are in infancy, we rely on maybe other things to help us soothe, like going for a walk or patting your cat or eating some nutritious food or having some sleep. We, we are still working in unison with these other things to, to soothe. We are not doing it fully and solely and completely on our own. Yeah. And whether that's simply looking outside to nature or looking at a tree, we are still intertwined with something somehow and there's more effective and ineffective ways of doing that if you're reverting to alcohol or drugs or you know all sorts of addictive type behaviors to self-soothe it's still a dependence on that thing and we can still depend on taking a dog for a walk or patting the cat or you know that sort of that sort of um degree of yeah dependence I think is is okay in in a different sort of way um anyway I feel like I just jumped up onto a high horse and took for a lovely ride that's a very interesting view on that for sure yeah and I think as and and this all ties back into the friendships as well because there's this friction, if you like, in in society, which is telling us to be dependent and source for ourselves and get a job for ourselves and and do things independently from such a young age and then into adulthood, which then we're also told to form friendships and build circles and have a village and have friends both physically and and online as as well, which. I think is just as important as knowing yourself and becoming somewhat dependent and not entirely reliant on others. So it's a bit of a paradox. <laughs> a bit. Where do we go from there? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just cast a line and, <laughs> and see what we catch. Uh. She's trying to gather her thoughts really quickly late at night. (laughs) Sorry, I feel like I've just thrown a curveball. No, but I'm trying to think of like how this then comes into play with the shift we see as we take on a new identity in our role as parents 
with that whatever society is like kind of like instructing us to do with all those things like we go from without baby having friends a specific way and these expectations put on us on the way we should have friends or be dependent on things and then we all of a sudden have this huge change where we now have that person who is dependent on us and how does that then shift for our relationships outside of that because are we still having the room to depend on someone else when someone is depending on us yeah exactly and then the guilt comes into that like should I be dependent on friends right now when I feel so depended on yeah and And how do I we know we need to depend on other people to get through mm-hmm. this, yep. but there's this feeling of, well, when I was this way, I had to depend on myself mm-hmm. when I was in the situation that this person depending on me is sometimes mm-hmm. trying to correct generational trauma stuff. So yep. we feel like yep. we can't mm-hmm. force our dependent to have the same mm-hmm. upbringing we did. So now we're like, well, mm-hmm. oh, paying attention to them and almost cutting ourselves out from all those relationships around us, which I think is where that guilt comes in. Cause we know we need the support from them, but we feel so overwhelmed with having to care for them that there's no more space. Yeah. And then we also want, we also want to display healthy friendships for our kids too to view and see as good examples. We want to encourage them through things that help them also form their own friendships. And then how do we foster the friendships when they are like, it's it's so, so connected, right? Because in order to form friendships for our children, they are dependent on us a lot of the time to do that. We need yeah. to take them to the friend's house or, set up a play date with the other parent and we have to (laughs) and we have to put something else on right now (laughs) um and we have all of these distractions like right now (laughs) and interrupted conversations (laughs) yeah and what what sort of effort is actually required not only for our friendships but for the friendships of our children the friendships of our self-care <laughs> um yeah. what what actual effort is required and do we have the bandwidth for that because I feel like the effort required sometimes is quite significant <laughs> it takes a lot of organizing and coordinating and relying on other people which sometimes people are not reliable yeah. <laughs> let's be I- honest for, for a number of reasons it, it's not even a reliability issue it's just a life issue yeah because i <laughs> People can get, get busy yeah i can make plans either weeks mm-hmm. in advance or last minute and there's no rhyme or reason to that and who gets involved yeah. in those plans <laughs> yeah and it's been on and, my and to have like a community calendar that mm-hmm. like i can put well when is my availability or what am i doing that it's open for someone else to join us and that's like it's been on my mind to do this and I don't know how to get it done. Mm-hmm. 
But I feel like that would solve a lot of that like weirdness of trying to find one, the time for other people to build those friendships and also to find the time to make those arrangements too. Yeah. yeah. And not, not only that, <laughs> he doesn't want that. He doesn't want that one. I, I, can't, I can't get to the computer right now on the other side of the house. Um, I had a really great thought then for a second and it's lost me. Give me a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. I'll get you to follow a train of thought for a second. <laughs> you've got you've got friends from childhood. Tell yeah. tell me tell me about how that's looked now that you've got kids and what's happened. Um, tell me the story. Story for a second. So I have one friend that I've known since we were both. Oh, the picture that is in your book of me as a little girl. I was in that dance recital with my best friend who that's where we met. So three and four years old. And we had gotten married within two weeks of each other and had babies within six months of each other. So now our kids are going to be growing up the same way we grew up. So it's hard. She's got her own business as an entrepreneur. And I have my own business as an entrepreneur. And now the way that we make time for each other is attending each other's events. So <laughs> it ends up revolving around our work, just like it does virtually for everyone in our community. And it's hysterical to me because our kids are now growing up virtually together where like, say your son and my son now know each other by name because they've known each other their whole lives virtually. <laughs> so wild yeah and and is that the new norm and does that then start to create this hmm, desire for more physical interactions later on which then for young teenage boys and girls which is again coming back to that whole sort of dating app thing we start off in a non-physical space does that then increase the desire for physical interactions and sex and all sorts of other <laughs> things yeah. I don't want to talk about <laughs> another 10 years mm -hmm. of <laughs> I know but it, it's it's I feel like I'm looking down the, You're the so tunnel tunnel right now because yeah it's it's really changing a lot Mm. Mm. but coming back to the effort required how often do you receive a message from a friend like oh yeah I'll open it up I'll have a look and then I'll get back to that later when I got a hand free and then like a week or two and you're like oh I was I'm never, such a bad friend yeah I was never like that until I had my son never like that and I always got mad when other people did that to me yeah and now <laughs> now I'm that person <laughs> is that actually something that we can realistically fix though without needing to be on 100% of the time and have a full full tank and full bandwidth it, it comes back to that self-care right sometimes self-care might be responding to that message before you clean up the milk that's been spilled all over the kitchen however the default is still to go to the milk 
which is part of what we need to do now in this in these conversations is at least start to go oh there's my default again why <laughs> why can't I just respond to that message what's wrong with me ah. <laughs> half the time it's we don't have the bandwidth to even mm. come up with a response or if it's you know trying to make plans well I don't really want to look at my calendar right now I have 10 billion other things on my mind that mm. Mm. switching things mm. in my mind to go into planning mode sometimes just isn't the right time yeah yeah and then once it's out of sight it's out of mind yeah I'll go I just I hope that by saying it out loud at least it's the start of the acknowledgement and the start of the I stopped trying to I know I can't answer and like waiting until <laughs> I see that I didn't get to it yet <laughs> yeah but then then it becomes this like all oh, the notifications on my phone tell me I've got oh <laughs> like 17 unopened messages that thing gives me more anxiety and then I'm like <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. And then I open the messages and then I get overwhelmed and then I'm like oh right. <laughs> no easy way <laughs> mm. we'd love to know if you, you have experienced the same thing oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real hopefully not <laughs> uh, well I know definitely from this end I value your friendship more and more each week the more that we have these conversations and yeah I really am so very grateful and appreciate appreciate it Linda I don't yeah the conversations that we have based on this podcast around this podcast in this podcast is just um food for the soul it is through some tough days together so yeah yeah and as always, until next week. We hope you can unstuck your mess. <sighs> Love you. Bye.